Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hepner with my co-hosts, Leslie Haskins and Timothy Cuno. Okay, we can't complain too much anymore because it's warmer. It's happening. It's nicer. <laughs> We're coming up on a holiday in a few weeks. I know. The warm weather feels so good. Yeah. So good. It's just good for the soul. It really oh. is. That vitamin D. You know, I just need the sun. Yeah. And we know you haven't baby. seen any. No. Timothy and I. Yeah. Leslie has, but not us. Oh, you're in Georgia. Knock yeah. it off. Right. Okay. Timothy's like, I go out every day in the winter and yeah. the sun is shining. He's like, it's weird <laughs> not to have sun. I went on that cruise in February. So, yeah, I got sunburn, remember? Oh, oh yeah. And I was up here freezer burnt, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many people have like in my family said that to me? And Johnny says it like every day, I swear. <laughs> Anytime he can find to say something or he pulls something out of the freezer, it's so annoying. I think it's great. I it's, love it. Sometimes I'm like, why do I say the things it's, I say? That was all around the same time that he won the uh, the 5K. He did not win the 5K. Oh, he just beat you. If you guys are new to listening, Johnny is... My boyfriend and we did a 5K for Leader Dog and in January, and he did not beat me. He just walked he into the firehouse before I did. Well, we didn't tell yeah, Christina, okay. but that was the official finish line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But until later, note because we're not uh, in winter. Yes, it is beautiful out. Yeah, it's May. It's great. What are okay? So we know Memorial Day is coming up. What's everybody yeah. doing? What are we? What do we got going on? Big plans? I don't know. I know I'm going out of town. Oh my goodness. I She's know. beaming. She's got a big old smile <laughs> on her face right now. I know my wow. dog. I know my dog Duke can come with, but I don't know where or what. Okay. Who's surprising you? Johnny. Okay. <laughs> and oh we don't boy. know, like, did he give you clues, like what to pack? Are you gonna so go, going to go be gone for the weekend? Be, he's going to, yeah. So I took Friday off of work. Oh my gosh, you guys, I took a day off work. How do you? <laughs> um, and then we're coming back Monday. So, um, yeah, I am being told like items I need to pack, such as I Let's don't know. Try to yet. guess, um, I'm gonna guess some warm weather clothes. Okay, I'm gonna guess a jacket for the evenings. Do you have to wear like bring like a dressy outfit or is it super cash? I don't know. Cool. <laughs> I don't really know. Hmm. Okay. Passport. We'll be intrigued. We'll be checking well, it. Oh, Duke's, do you need your passport? No, if Duke's coming. Okay, that's a good the point. The dog. The dog's coming. Yeah. So it's got to be drivable distance. Yeah, but there's a lot of places in drivable distance. So. Oh my goodness, Timothy, we're going to be on the edge of our seats. I know. So You're going to have to wait even longer. I have to wait so long. Oh I've God. known about this for like two months. And how have you right? not told us? That's surprising. I don't know. You know, she, there's she's just, keeping secrets, Timothy. I'm not keeping. I secrets. know that's not fair. This it's hurts. I'm trying not to think about it because I don't know. What's mm-hmm. happening? I did tell him, though. I was like, I really am going to need to know what to pack. Because, like, if I am not prepared, I'm not going to okay. be happy. Christina's going to have I'm 10 suitcases. I don't know how you sleep at night. I don't know. Right? What about you, Timothy? Any exciting <laughs> mystery plans for you? Oh, no. Memorial Day, we are headed to the lake, and I will be camping by a lake for the entire week. Nice. Oh, so, uh, that is nice. That is. Glacier will get to play in the lake, and I'll get to put on my bathing suit, get out of the lake and float on there and drink me a cold Pepsi or something like that and just have a good time and get sunburned some more. So. That sounds relaxing. 
Sounds lovely. Yeah. I'll be heading to Holland, Michigan. Maybe I'll see you there, Christina. Who yeah, knows? who knows? Might be there. Uh, my cousin is getting married. Oh. Yeah, I'm super excited. And my dad is officiating, which always makes it really fun. Yay. Um, but I love seeing my cousins and Brad yeah. and Savannah. Yeah, I'm super excited. I can't wait. It's and, so uh, fun. It- it's a kid-free weekend, too. Oh, that's so nice. super fun. Always nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Always nice when you can get the family together and yeah. see people you haven't seen in a while. And you don't have to chase around your kids. No, I'm delighted. It'll be a lot of fun. And I'm I'm super excited for their wedding. They're a lovely couple. Very happy for them. Well, congratulations. Yes. Early I'm, congratulations. Yes. The Catiline wedding. Oh, it's like the Catalina wine mixer. So it's funny enough, real quick, I know we need to get moving, but uh, my parents host like a big party every summer and we call it the Catalina mixer. (laughs) There's like a sign and everything. It's a whole thing. I'll have to talk about that another day. But yeah, yeah, we do have a a Catalina mixer. So anyways, enough about us. (laughs) Uh, We'll keep everybody updated on all these life events happening. But we are super excited today because our guest is a Leader Dog team member. And one personally, I'm super excited to learn more about. Yes. Catherine Tuck is the director of Foundation Giving. She joined Leader Dogs for the Blind in 2011. And throughout her career, she has won numerous, numerous awards including Oakland County Executive Elite 40 Under 40 and named Next Gen Fellow by Exponent Philanthropy. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine, and let's just jump right into the pool. What brought you to Leader Dog? Thank you for having me here. Uh, I'll tell you, Timothy, it was not intentional. I had moved, <laughs> I had moved and, and, and this is, you know, anybody who applies to Leader Dog has met someone or was a previous volunteer or worked in another capacity of our organization. I had actually just moved back from D.C. working as a grant maker for the State Justice Institute. Uh, we gave out about $3 million in pursuit of, of our mission and operations, and it was a quasi-federal which meant we were funded through appropriations, but we were our own nonprofit organization. Um, So when I moved back here, my husband was in the midst of having back surgery that was going to just be life-changing for him. And uh, I looked at this job description for Leader Dogs for the Blind, and I said, I can do all of these things, which would not normally be my my way of applying. (laughs) I would normally say, I can do three of ten. I'm good to go. Um, But it was interesting because I mentioned it to my dad. And my dad was born in 1938, lived most of his life in Troy before he met my mother. And uh, he said, I remember Leader Dog growing up. And so I thought it was the most interesting thing. And as I was going through the interview and and they were bringing Sue in and it was Karen Bracey and Melissa Wise. And I was I thought, oh, maybe this is getting more serious than I actually thought. (laughs) Um, But I will tell you, I was hired Timothy as a full-time remote employee. Uh, So they didn't really have expectations of how often I would come into the office. Um, So I've been doing this whole work from home since the very beginning. And it's just a real lifestyle match for me, a philosophical match for me. And I'm so excited to be doing what I do here. That's insane. I love hearing how people get involved with Leader Dog because it's always so interesting and never what you expect, I feel like. Um, But can you tell us... a little bit more about your role. What specifically do you do? Because I'm fascinated by it. I feel like you guys use so many big words. You work with so many different <laughs> like constituents and it's it's overwhelming a little bit maybe, yeah. but I would love to hear, you know, a small breakdown with small words for us. <laughs> small words. Sure. <laughs> I'm just words. always so impressed by everything Catherine does. Honestly, her whole team, it's <laughs> incredible. 
I love hearing that. My my team is impressive to me too. Yes. <laughs> so that's really important, Leslie. Um, we are data heavy and we aren't going to employ those skills for this chat today. That, that <laughs> Thank is <you>. not necessary. <laughs> uh, so foundation giving really works within in the leader dog landscape, which is different maybe than other organizations. But here at Leader Dog, we work with foundations, funds, and trusts. There's several different types of foundations. There's several different types of trusts. And then there's also many different types of foundations oh <laughs> that, God, yeah. that are, have their own fund. Uh, so community foundations have several different funds under them. Some are donor advised funds, some are permanent endowed funds. Um, and we run the gamut of all of those different uh, sources of funding. But at its heart, and I think this is really important. It's a relational task. Um, so when you're navigating, uh, I think, the grant application process, it can it can feel very much like, how is my writing going? Do I have enough data? Is this business case or this proposal uh, succinct enough or in-depth enough? But really, it's a relational task. And, and you're, you're engaging a donor and you're finding the perfect match, right? Mm-hmm. So if any of us watch reality television, um, we know that matching up between two people is going to make the couple go further. And yep. It's the same, the same thing for the foundation and the nonprofit. It really is. You have to find that match. Are you helping that foundation accomplish in the real world exactly what they set out with these funds to do? Yeah. Uh, and that is why a lot of times people will ask me, who's your biggest donor? And and that's not a really relevant question to us because I can't name you many foundations that a lot of other people have heard about. We'll talk yeah. about one a little bit later on. Um, but the vast majority of our, we don't get the Google money, Bill and Melinda Gates, their foundation is not supporting Leader Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, what's most important is that we're a really good match for the foundations that we, we engage with. And I think that should be probably true of everything you've heard from my colleagues when you've talked about donors, right? Uh, is is this the thing that speaks to that donor the most? Yeah, that is so interesting. It's such that. a good way to explain it um, and kind of bring it down to our level <laughs> of our understanding. Hit the nail on the head it. with the reality TV. Um, yes, <laughs> literally, <laughs> Leslie's eyes beam. She's like, like, get it? Oh, okay, so it's like love is blind. <laughs> Yeah, it's more like love is blind than married at first sight. I want to say yeah. that I feel like all of the analytics that can come to bear still yeah. won't prove you're a good match for them. That's for right. Sure. I'm done. Well, and I guess my question is, how do you find these foundations that are a good match? Do they come to us? Do you go to them? How does that all work? So that's really interesting that you would ask that because uh, we do, we have both. We're always prospecting and we prospect within our book of business. That means foundations that maybe made a casual donation to us um, or a donation just because they received a mailer uh, from us. So we're always looking at those foundations and saying, do they have greater interest? Is their mission very similar to us? Or was this a one-off gift? And then we're looking at foundations from a research data perspective. So we have a number of databases that we use uh, that help us know some statistics and some information. Uh, They help us really pinpoint that. But then do foundations just walk in our door? And they absolutely do, guys. They absolutely do. And a really great example of this is the the Dolciani Halloran Foundation, uh, Mary P. Dolciani Halloran. Uh, So her foundation is one where they had a local representative 
uh, Tom Quinn called me up, said, I represent this foundation in this community. I am not in West Coast based, and I do have a story about how I, I'm related to this person in a, in a way. And I have a career change dog. I think oh there's gosh. more we could do together. And that is exactly how he walked through my door. And I introduced him to Rod Hainline. I think he was sold at that point because you know how Rod is, <laughs> yes. right? Every, everybody who's on the call probably knows Rod, um, but maybe our listeners don't. He's just genuinely one of the most engaging people. And he wrote one of our first grants uh, oh. for the Leader Dog Organization way, way, way back in I the didn't day. I know that. Yeah, he did. And so he can speak their language, too, which was really important as a partnership to have on the programs and services side for me here. And so he, he came in and they, they've supported a number of things. They've been integral with our college bound program and they were looking for something different. And they just love that you guys do this podcast. It's a great way to to kind of, I think what their focus was, because Mary is a very accomplished mathematician. Mm-hmm. She taught, I mean, just generations of people how to teach math at the at the secondary level um, and beyond. And, and chances are good if you were uh, high school or, uh, you know, pre-high school, maybe junior high uh, algebra student in the 1980s or 90s, you actually learned math through one of her texts. Um, so that's crazy. Yeah. They care a lot about getting this word out, um, about engaging new learners and what better way than our podcast to engage people in what we do as a mission. And we are so thankful that they are sponsoring this season of the podcast. It's awesome to hear why, um, people do what they do, why they sponsor, why they donate. It's, I love hearing those stories. And and I love bringing them to you. (laughs) Well, Catherine, I hope I can ask, ask this question, but how many foundations support Leader Dog? That's a really good question. So I'll, I'll speak to my book of business because there are some other foundations that have uh, reaches into Lions because they're Lions specific um, or a major donor uses their personal foundation to, to give money. So I'll speak to our book. This book of business is uh, relies on about 60 to 80 foundations every year to make our one to $1.5 million goal. Uh, so it, 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 there are some hefty gifts out there if you do the math on all of that Uh, because we have some foundations that give as much as they can and that's a thousand dollars and then we have foundations out there giving us 350 300 Uh, so it's just really a a vibrant book built on a lot of relationships that aren't um, they aren't just one note they're calibrated to exactly uh, where that donor is, what they need from us, um, not just on the proposal side, but once the proposal is funded, do they need a lot of information? Are they looking for one report annually? Are they the kind who need to come on site and visit campus, which was a real challenge for us during COVID. But at the same time, we've seen a lot of people be successfully engaged with remote opportunities and now they've already visited campus they're more interested in chatting with a puppy raiser or those kinds of things so so we're really looking timothy to to find those foundations um, within that pool that that can do something for us each year even if it's not the same amount now we do have some foundations within that group uh, that only grant every 18 months or every two years and we just try to keep them on site with what speaks to them. That is awesome to hear. And I know there's a foundation that I've worked personally very 
close with uh, Catherine. And they've had a lot to do with our puppy raising. The Gary Sinise Foundation, I know a lot of our constituents see it all over our social media as well. Can you tell us kind of how that came to be? Gary Sinise is such a big name. Um, if you have not seen Forrest Gump, he is a Lieutenant Dan in that movie. So um, how did that relationship happen? Um, and they are sponsoring seven of our future leader dogs, which is super cool. Yeah, Gary Sinise is just very obviously inspired by helping first responders and uh, our veterans um, live life fully and independently, which has a lot of multipliers to the work that we do and mm -hmm. is kind of just a natural fit when you think about it. But this is one of those really good opportunities for us to say that when you're thinking about, am I a philanthropist, um, introducing people and having connections and ties is one of the least valued aspects of philanthropy, but it's one of the most critical. And it was actually Melissa Weiss who introduced us as an organization, Leader Dogs for the Blind, to the Gary Sinise foundation through a contact that she had in life. And I always say that Melissa is probably one of the most relational people <laughs> I've ever met. And this is just one of those prime examples. I love that they're raising chief for us. Uh, so they, they must be natural dog lovers out there is probably one person who's listening to this podcast saying, but I also love cats. And that's <laughs> fine. We love cats too. Uh, but when you're looking at um, how we can change and, and kind of actually deliver on what it is they set out to do because they they are not just a foundation that gives out, they fundraise for their donor dollars yeah. too. Um, so that's a unique model in, in foundations as well. Not all foundations do that. A lot of them are perpetuity or spend down uh, or community-based donor advice funds. So um, we have a relationship that I think helps bring to the forefront exactly what it's like to be a first responder or a veteran uh, who at some point in time maybe became low vision or lost their, their sight, uh, but now are navigating through with a dog, with a cane, whatever the implement is, however it works for them. Um, and those are not always services that are covered through other systems of care, which I think is another thing that spoke to the Gary Sinise Foundation. But in a lot of ways, they just make good sense for us. Uh, Gary is obviously well-known and well-liked. Um, we're a clean brand, and uh, that's something that not all nonprofits can say. So um, it's it's good to have it out there and, and be familiar with who it is you're funding if you're a philanthropist um, or even just a donor. Uh, so we look at our charity navigator. We, you know, we have good ratings as America's best charity. Um, and all of those things speak to our donors, too. Yeah. And I love to like this connection, you know, between us and the Gary Sinise Foundation is really helping both, right? Like it's a win-win, like you had mentioned, you know, finding your match and what they, what speaks to them so that it's equally beneficial. And this really has been one of those relationships where we're broadening our audiences on both sides. Um, so I'm really curious because I, I think this is all so fascinating and interesting. So, you know, you made this um, connection or met, you know, w with the relationship that Melissa Weiss kind of introduced you. So what happens then? Like, how do we apply for a foundation? What is it that they're asking for and how do we produce that, I guess? Yeah. And I wish there was one canned response, good answer. Wouldn't that be <laughs> simple? Um, but there is not. So every, every 
foundation that we worked with, Funder Trust, um, they all have their own application deadlines and procedures. And some of those look like once a year, and some of those look monthly, and mm. others are quarterly. Uh, so we have to first look at what they need in terms of details. I will tell you, Gary Sneese, their foundation uh, said that we put in one of the most comprehensive applications, and they just oh really gosh. weren't used to that kind of level. That's a wonderful pat on my back and yeah. the team's back. I love hearing that. But at the same time, I know that what we're doing um, really needs to, to meet where that donor is. And sometimes that donor is that, I want a letter. I want you to request from me mm. this amount of money or the amount of money you need for this project. And then I want to know exactly when you're going to report to me. And so sometimes that's an application. Mm. Uh, other times applications are, I'm telling you, we have put in 75-page applications oh uh, for a $25,000 oh. grant happy to do it, but they want every detail. They want to know who's on our board. They want our bylaws. They want our 501c3 designation letter. Uh, so each application can look a little bit different. In the Gary Sinise Foundation case, we went back and forth over what they needed and what mm -hmm. they wanted um, and what was just simply too much or unnecessary. Uh, and then we agreed on an amount in the deliverables. And Christina was so, <laughs> so wonderful to be part of that first part. Uh, and now we're carrying forward with all of those uh, puppies that we're raising on behalf of the Gary Sinise Foundation. So it's just not one fit. If you looked at five foundations, you'd probably find four different application models. And um, they have done a number of work nationally and within Michigan to do a combined application um, or a simplified model. <laughs> and, and it never gains traction. It really just doesn't. Uh, because everybody Everybody wants to ask a different question yeah. and that's just human nature, right? Yeah, that makes sense though, right? Because they're looking specifically for what is going to match best with them. And so your team, can you tell us a little bit about your team? Because you have an extraordinary team and you guys are all kind of working together on these or does everybody take their own kind of um, foundation or grant and things and work on those specifically or, or is it kind of like a group project most times? Yeah, we're a scrappy little team of three people, <laughs> uh, two it. and a half employees, I guess, technically, if you were doing the part-time, full-time equivalencies, right? Uh, but yeah, we all do have assignments within the book. Uh, so Rebecca Weil-Haskett, she is our grant manager. She has an actual portfolio. Some of those are transitioned over from me. Some of those are new recruits on her part. Uh, some of those are assigned because they hadn't had touches recently or they had and they needed a lot more. Uh, and she's new to our organization, but she has a long history of working within grantsmanship, uh, specifically with uh, populations that were older. And as you know, we have a low incidence population. It, it's different the way you speak about people um, at different points in their life. I'll, I'll be honest with you, foundations uh, do often fund what they see as, as very pressing. And so that can be disaster relief. Um, that can be community buildup, youth. Youth are obviously highly prized as a, as a way to um, tr direct your funds that have a trajectory to improve that person's life. But sometimes we don't think about different um, 
diseases or or facets of life like being an older American. Uh, and so she came to us with a ready set skill uh, and she was she was just eager and is still eager, which I love about her. And then we have Connie and Connie has been with me for oh better part of a decade, uh, which is it's just wonderful because Connie and I think we uh, come from two totally different worldviews, but we work so very well together. She had a, a long history of working um, with the automotive and with grandsmanship uh, on a couple of different sides. And she's highly educated, but she's also in that kind of phase of like retirement employment. So even when I was pregnant twice, now Connie, twice, she refused to take on more hours. She's like, no, we can have someone else do that. I'm good with my set of, <laughs> good set for of responsibilities. Boundaries. Yeah, hey, you know what? I applaud that. I applaud you saying these are my boundaries. Yeah. And into them. Um, but the one thing she is, is so flexible. And you have to be in this environment because you just don't know when a donor is going to call you up for the first time and say, I just heard about your organization from my friend. They're a puppy raiser. I run a foundation. I sit on the board and our grant deadline is next Friday. Can you get us an application? I mean, this stuff does happen. And Connie is the boots on the ground. It makes so much sense to me um, that she's like this very diligent, caring person. Because if there's anything you need, go to Connie. I, I, I'm telling you, um, she knows it all. And, and she knows where to find it if she doesn't. Which is, I mean, just the greatest trait you can have in this business. Because people are constantly asking us for things you wouldn't think about just wouldn't even think about it. I think that's great. And you guys do such a good job of always wanting to learn more. I feel like I see the three of you in every aspect are reaching out to inquire about something and ask questions and get the stats and whatnot when you're applying for these different foundations and grants. And I think that's amazing. And you've built great relationships within the organization. Um, so real quick, because we're already at the end, I have a million more questions, but I'm just curious, like what would your advice be for anybody who's kind of starting out in this career um, there's, it seems like there's so much to learn. And, and like you said, those relationships to build, what would your biggest advice be, I guess? I would say to lead with, with the belief aspect, especially if you want to be a nonprofit um, or work with philanthropy. I just have this deep down belief that we're all connected, whether or not we like each other. That's a totally different thing. Um, but we're all connected. And if something is good or empowers another person and it's in our ability to do it, do it. Uh, that, that philosophy has taken me quite far in my career, and I think it would help another person um, because most of the time you're never going to get rich being in nonprofit work mm -hmm. and, and especially um, working with high net worth individuals. If you are the least bit jealous of, of the opportunities that someone else has been afforded or if you could have been an MBA and decided to go get your MSW and now you're wondering what life is like on the other side, you're going to to run into um, that aspect. So uh, definitely have this as your calling. I love that. And I think that's so yeah. true for so many nonprofits and other where like you have to believe in it, right? You have to have that passion. It just helps and it makes things so much easier. <laughs> Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you, Catherine, for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. And I have learned so much. 
I'm glad. I, I hope it was enlightening, and I hope I didn't use any words that now we're going to the thesaurus for. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think you broke it down very nicely, and I certainly appreciate that because there there's just so many pieces to it, and I'm always a little overwhelmed, but I think it's so beautiful, nice and concise. Yeah, and usually I'm overwhelmed with Leslie's words. So. <laughs> <laughs> Simple the better for me over here. <laughs> thank you for having me today. Yeah. I greatly appreciate it. Yes. And thank you so much to our listeners for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with hosts Timothy Cunio and Christina Hepner. We hope you enjoyed learning about Catherine and all of the work her and her team are doing for Leader Dog. Please join us next week as we continue to dive into the world of blindness. If you'd like to learn more about applying to our free services at LeaderDog, you can head to LeaderDog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at TakingTheLeadAtLeaderDog.org with any questions or ideas. If you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcasts stream. This season of the Taking the Lead podcast is brought to you by a longtime supporter of LeaderDog, the Mary P. Dolciani Halloran Foundation. As you may know, generous donors like this one make it possible to achieve our mission. The Mary P. Dolciani Halloran Foundation supports the study of mathematics and mathematics education. For more information about our generous sponsor, visit their website at www.dolcianihalloranfoundation.org.